Hello, good people. Welcome to The Chris Stefanik Show, the show that helps you find the joy that God made you for in the midst of everyday life. Don't miss us every week as we dive into real issues with real people and answer real questions. God bless you. Brothers and sisters, I love you. Thanks for being with us tonight. It is not always easy being a Catholic. Have you noticed this? There's been times, I mean, I work for the church, so I see how my sausage is made. And there's been, t- <laughs> there's been times where I've suffered more from the church than for the church. And I can see all the, dis- it's like, you know, hey, welcome to the world's biggest dysfunctional family, right? But I'm not a Catholic because it's easy. I'm a Catholic because of this guy. Because I'm convinced that he started this church and that he wants me to be part of it. And then I encounter him here. And then I, 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 I'm working my way with his people, by his grace, to heaven in this church that he left us. Thank you, Jesus. That's why we're doing this. Um, a couple months ago, a dear friend, Jeremy Rivera, was on. And we talked about his conversion to Catholicism and all the beauty that drew him into the faith. Hundreds of thousands of you watched that and shared it. So thank you for doing that, by the way. It got, we're approaching 300,000 views on YouTube alone on that one. And then within Formed, there's a ton more watching that. Um, We're going to talk about another side of that story of Jeremy's conversion experience, uh, in part because a lot of you asked for us to have him back on but also because it, it needs to be rounded out. But there's a, a lot of struggles people face when they dive into the deep end of the pool of Christianity that is Catholicism and find that, you know, they're, they're, they're doggy paddling and swallowing a little bit of chlorine here and there too, right? <coughs> it's not always easy. Uh, but I think if we look at that stuff straight on, with love for the church, which we love the church, it's the bride of Christ and he's present there. But if we look at this stuff straight on, we can talk about how to make it easier for people and how to open the doors wider so people can encounter him in the church. So Jeremy's back with us to talk all about that and thank you for being with us. Jeremy, thanks for being back with hey, us, brother. Hey, good to see you, man. It is good awesome to, to have you here, dude. dude yeah. how, how old are you, by the way? Gonna be 48. 48? In January. You gotta tell me the shampoo you use, hey, because your hair is just amazing. I, I like the hard stuff, Prell. There's <laughs> 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 The dude's hair is amazing from 48. I'm a <laughs> little you. jealous. Uh, text your questions in 720-650-0100. 720-650-0100. We're here for you. We're live. We will let you interrupt our conversation. Uh, before we jump into the topic at hand, I just got to give a shout out because this kind of blew my mind. Well, two shout outs, actually. One, uh, we got an Advent retreat about forgiveness. And we got I don't know, about 120,000 people on our newsletter list. That are, that are going through this, and it's really cool. So shout out to those of you who shared it. Go to reallifecatholic.com to sign up for it. It's powerful stuff. Also a shout out to our friends at the Xavier Society for the Blind.org. Xavier Society, that's spelled, spelled with an X, Xavier Society for the Blind.org. This actually moved me to tears today because I got this in the mail, and they had taken it upon themselves. They're a nonprofit, so uh, check that out too. Uh, to, to make a Braille version of Living Joy. So that's that's available in Braille. So cool. And uh, I'm sorry, I mean, you probably can't see the the pages on uh, on the camera here. This feel this, dude. Yeah. This it's seriously amazing. blew my mind. It's amazing. What an absolute labor of love. So uh, if you have a dear friend who's who reads Braille and wants to partake in living joy, Xavier Society for the Blind.org. And if you want to support them, they're doing some incredible stuff. Uh, dude. Thanks for I've been good, man. Good. Yeah. Thanks for diving in with us, brother. Absolutely. Uh, and I know you've reflected a lot on this, hmm. and you've lived through it a lot. And um, before we, I, I dive into some of the things that 
that I think have been difficulties uh, and that is probably an experience a lot of people have when they come to the church because your experience hasn't been completely different from everybody else's. First, I want to revisit your why. And by the way, if you haven't seen the episode where he talks about his conversion experience, mm. watch the whole thing. But uh, why did you do this in the first place? You know, what sure. was the, 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 the moment yeah. it was like, ah, oh, that's it. Sure. And I, I got to also ask, I, I don't think I asked this last time. Was there a pit in your stomach when you realized, oh, dude, I got to be a Catholic? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no going back moment, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, like, I wish I didn't <laughs> right. see what I see right now because I'm about to yeah. lose my job as a pastor. You, yeah. know, you, you know Ken Hensley? Yeah. Yeah, great man. Mm-hmm. Google to find Ken Hensley. But he, he, he pastors people who are coming into the church right. who were pastors. And he shared the experience with me once. And he's like, I was at a pulpit in a prominent church, and literally the next day, I was looking for a job as a waiter, yeah. and it was raining. And I'm in my umbrella, like, and it's raining, and I'm mm. just looking for, like, this, give me something right. to feed my family. Anyway, so. No, the why is, I mean, the why is a, is a love story. You know what I mean? Like, I, I know that sounds a little um, subjective, but sounds I've awesome. always been a person who, you know, a sense of wonder matters yeah. to me as part of the journey seeking, you know, um, and, and that idea of mystery that, you know, as Chesterton said, the Catholic Church was the last community of faith that he found that was willing to embrace the mystery rather wow. than try and conquer mystery. So oh, kind of ooh. like since the Enlightenment, right, where we try to systematize theology and everything else. And like I said before, I think sometimes we're more in love with our understanding yeah. of Jesus than we are with Jesus. Yeah. And so I found something raw and real and broken in the Catholic faith that I just couldn't, you know, the cult of personality was was the person of Jesus. It wasn't, mm. it wasn't a charismatic pastor or leader. It was yeah. it was Jesus at the altar. And so I fell in love with that. And since then, the church has become for me kind of an analogous, you know, kind of to a giant oak tree. And I'm like this child who's sitting underneath the shade of its branches, you know, wow. and resting against the solid trunk of its truth and beauty and goodness. And Praise and God. for me, it's it's a, it's a little poetic, but it's kind of a love story. And, and I'm into that kind of thing. So. That's, I mean, to follow Jesus is to fall in love. To be Amen. a good Catholic is to be in love. Yes. And not just follow rules. Right. And there's that, uh, there's in the mystical tradition of the church, the cloud of unknowing, right? Mm. A mystical writer of the church wrote right. about that. And that's like Moses entering the cloud. It's like, I don't, I don't get it all. I don't have to get right. it all. Right. Man. Yeah, and to be part of something bigger than yourself, you know, yeah. is also something very, you know, I remember when I first yeah. came back, someone said, you're, no matter what you do, you're never going to be able to like fix the Catholic Church, and you're never going to be able to break it. Too. Did you believe them? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I thought I could fix it more than, <laughs> you know, like yeah. no, with enough, you know, this and that. But but no, it's uh, it's the universe. It's God's church, like you said, and, and it's yeah. connected to, to Jesus, the head. You know. Yeah, man. And, no, it's, uh, he's he's there. He's present in. Yeah. I mean, it's this this again. This is why we're doing this. Right. We encounter Jesus in the church. Did you have uh, that gut wrenching moment where you realized I, I I'm gonna not be a pastor anymore? And uh, I did. Did yeah. you ever like kind of wish that it wasn't the true? I mean, <clears throat> Honestly, no, because it was the answer to a lot of my prayers. You know, without mm-hmm. even knowing it was wow. the answer. You know, okay. Of 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 getting off the hamster wheel of performance in ministry, which yep. I know exists even in Catholic circles. but You better believe it. Man. But being able to get off of that uh, platform of the cult of personality and having yeah. a big church, and there's just something there that uh, there was something, it's exhausting, you know, to do that. Oh, yeah. And so there was something very uh, healing and, and kind of a, a giant exhale when I found, found yeah. the fullness of truth, you know. Wow. Okay, so, so you come into the reality of it. 
what was the first disappointment that you faced that uh, that you realized this isn't quite what I thought, hmm. or or that there's a you know these disappointments aren't like. I mean, there's struggles, right? It's not necessarily a, a, a realization this isn't measuring up to the ideal. There's the ideal and the human reality, but they both coexist, right? What was that right. first? Ugh. I think for me, it was it was you know starting to attend church on a regular basis, going to mass, you know, experiencing a sacramental life, and then meeting more and more Catholics. I didn't sense that same passion, you know, that I had had for the faith because I had kind of studied my way in. I had experienced my way in a lot of ways with Archbishop Chaput, as we yeah, talked about. Yeah. So when I would meet, you know, I just felt like the more and more Catholics I met, I didn't see that fire. I didn't see that burning passion for the church, mm. you know? And I would just observe from afar people kind of, what felt like kind of going through the motions a little bit. Yeah. And so that was a real disconnect for me of, of don't they know what they have? So you know? the disappointment of seeing people in the church who weren't that into it. Yeah, it's kind, it kind of like the difference between what I call like true tradition from traditionalism. You know, like true tradition isn't the worship of ashes someone once wrote, but the preservation of fire. Say that line again because yeah. it's absolutely gorgeous. The, the true tradition isn't the worship of ashes, it's the preservation of fire. Who said that? I don't remember. Let's attribute it to, Some, to somebody. He should have. If he didn't say it, he should have. But um, you know what I mean? And so I was like, wow, this, this, it's the fire, right? But, but sometimes it looks like it's just the preservation of ashes. We do this because we've always done this. We did this because my, my family's Italian and we grew up in just yeah. do it going to mass and having these rituals, right? And this religious exterior, but it felt like the heart sometimes was often missing. Dude, I, 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 mean, I don't one know if that the, makes sense. It, without, without it totally being overly does. Critical. No, it totally does. And it's one of the reasons that your show got hundreds of thousands of views and the reason that Catholics get so excited when there's an evangelical who becomes a Catholic uh, because it's it brings that fire in mm. where it's like, wow, this guy chose to be here. He chose to sit right. in this in this beautiful mess with us all. Right. So what? What? Why? You know? Mm -hmm. uh, what's lighting his fire? And I do. I mean, there's, this is yeah. one of those those things that there's the blessing and the curse together, right? Yeah. People grow up Catholic. That's a blessing. Right. People grow up Catholic. That's, mm. They're just sitting there and they don't know why they're there half the time. That, yeah. that, that's, and they feel like they didn't have a choice, right? Right. Like people who were at your at your church as a Protestant pastor, they all chose to go there. Like and you, chose to be baptized a certain. Yeah, 12, 10, whatever that might have been, you know. You're literally marketing to them. Like you had to win a market share and convince them to come. So they're coming. They yeah. want to be there. No one was there because grandma made them come because, right. because it's been in the family for a thousand years. Jeremy, how, how, do, you, how do you get over that? Hmm. I mean, because you still experience that. And that's something that, um, right. that I, you know, bringing my kids to church. It can be dang uninspiring sometimes. And, and, right. I, and I don't want to judge the people around me, right? right. right. I don't want to fall into that. And yet sometimes like you look around, it's like, dude, you're you're like looking at your phone, man. Like right. this is the, the holy of holies, the Lord's here when when you're you know Yeah, it gets into that it gets into that, you know, idea of knowing, right? Like like there's head knowledge, there's cognitive knowledge. Yeah. You can know something in your mind, but it's a different kind of affective knowledge, heart knowledge. Yeah. When you know something in here. Yeah. And I think that's always the goal of every pastor, minister, whether you're, you know, clergy or not, right? Yeah. It's to help people connect what, what I call the furthest 12 inches, mm -hmm. that great divorce between our heads and our hearts. You know, I haven't met a person in, I don't know, 20 years when I've said, you know how much God loves you? Where they're like, yeah, I know. Mm -hmm. I know that. Mm -hmm. I know that up here. But then you watch the way they live and yeah. they, don't, they don't know it in here. Yeah. 
And so, you know, there's that, that scary verse in, in Matthew, I think it's seven somewhere, where it says, you know, depart, there will be many, many who say, Lord, Lord, on that day. And yeah. I'm going to say, depart from me, I never knew you. Yeah. What kind of knowing is that? You know what I mean? Depart yeah. from me, I never knew you. That's a scary verse. We're all like, how do I make sure that I'm not that person that he's talking to? Because right. he's like, didn't we do this in your name? And didn't we like go to the Holy Land in your name? And didn't I start focused Bible studies verse, in your name? Man, and didn't I do all these things? And he's going to say, depart from me, I never knew you. That's the heart knowledge. And how do you know that you know someone? Like, how do you know that you really love someone? Is it usually comes down to, do you know what hurts them? Truly. Mm. And for us, that is the Beatitudes. That is the judgment in Scripture where we see, I was naked and, and you clothed me. I was thirst, thirsty, you gave mm. me a drink. I was in prison and you visited me. The corporate works of mercy. But we also see it reflected in the... What hurts the heart of God. Yeah, what hurts the heart of God, which is his children that are far off from him, the lost. Right? The people that have all of these misperceptions about who God is. I mean, that, that I think, hurts the Father's heart. Because if the devil can't win the battle and, and, and defeat God, what does he do? He goes after his kids. Mm. Right? And whatever he can do to keep his kids from that restored relationship, that's almost like, you know, mm. it might not be the ultimate victory for him, but it's got to be a, a victory. It's you know, souls. The alternative to becoming, I mean, and you, you really are showing the path here when you face that pain in the church, for anyone yeah. coming in the church and experiences that, the path forward and the alternative to being judgmental and angry mm. is blessed are those who mourn. Like, I'm going to feel the pain with Jesus yep. and be part of the solution. Because you've right. given a lot of your time to evangelistic work. Right. You, you were at the foundation of the, of the SEEK conference, which I've, if you've never been, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. Right? 20,000 college students there now. and. Uh, you named the seat conference. So I just got to give that. I got to give the credit where it's due. It's cool. Sure, uh, but me, for me too, like it's it's the blessing of that. It's it's the lowest hanging evangelistic fruit ever, because here's people who aren't into it, who don't know the heart of the Father, who don't know His love for them, who are sitting there. Right. I don't have to go out in the world and look for the people that need to be evangelized. Right. They're literally sitting there and wondering why. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of this, the challenge is that it can't be manufactured by by man. It can't be. Yeah. It's not a, a switch that we can flip. We have yeah. to pray for grace and the descent of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I mean, really, if you read Acts, we talk a lot about, they talk a lot about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, mm. right? And, and there's, there's a passage where they meet these believers that had been baptized in the Holy Spirit. They hadn't even been water baptized yet. Mm. And they come to Peter, and Peter says, make sure they're water baptized right away. Yeah. So it's interesting there, right? Of like, right. how are they baptized in the Holy Spirit? And how is that different from a water baptism? Like, I don't want to get too deep into theology, but... You know, evangelical Protestants will say, they'll use the phrase born again to explain right. being baptized in the Spirit, right? That's, that's for them the connection of I went from knowing God loves me in my head to truly receiving and believing that God loves me, the real me. Mm. Not, not, not the me who's got his best foot forward on Sunday morning, but the real me, the, you know, the, the Jeremy that's good, yeah. bad, and ugly. The, you know, when we're honest, we're all kind of a, a bundle of paradoxes and contradictions. Right, right, right. Yeah. And that Jesus kind of refuses to, to have a relationship with that false self. He wants to know the real us. It's, he wants us to know that it's the, that who we really are is who he died for. And it's mm. almost hard to believe that sometimes, knowing our sins, knowing our issues, you know. But that's, he refuses to settle for anything less. Preach. So, Preach, man. So it's all of this stuff that I feel like isn't, isn't always communicated to, to Catholics in the right. pew on a typical Sunday, and not to put too much pressure on our pastors, but you know, I, I encourage pastors to just remember that there's people that are back and haven't been to church in years. And so maybe it's a time to just welcome people, walk them through that basic, hey, we're here not because we've earned it, not because we're earning it, but because of God's love. It's, it's you know? all the time, though. I mean, yeah. 
right. issue that challenge to pastors and, and to devout Catholics who are sharing the faith with friends yeah. or anybody. Because yeah. within marriage, there's a beauty in that, hey, we're both here. We're committed to this already. We're going through the motions. Mm-hmm. Okay. So do I stop there? Like, how often do I have to remind my wife why we're going through the motions and that I love her? Yeah. Well, daily. Right. I should probably repeat that basic thing every day. Yeah. And there's this basic foundational thing that all this stuff that is Catholicism exploded from. It's right. the love of the Father for us in Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, let's repeat it, like, yeah. constantly. And we hope that our kids just hear that enough to where they're like, I get it. I'm going to learn vicariously right. through other people who have to hit the wall and hit rock bottom and commit all kinds of atrocious sins before they realize that they're loved. Like, I don't want my kids to have to go through what I went through. Amen. But some of them might have to. Like, yeah. it, like so they're going to sin. You know, mm-hmm. like, I have to deal with this as a parent. It's like, you got to let go. And I think, I think for me, I keep coming back to your point of the prodigal son and that story. If you look at the father in the story, right, yeah. it's the only time you ever see God in a hurry. Mm. When he sees his son far off, he literally girds his loins, the scripture says. He lifts up his clothes and he sprints to his son. Mm. And he doesn't ask him questions. He doesn't ask him where you've been. You, you know, he, he puts the ring on his finger. He clothes with the best robe. Mm. He kills the, the fattened calf yes. and he throws a party. And he says, the son of mine who was lost has been found. He was dead and is alive again. Mm. And the scripture says that when one sinner repents, all of heaven rejoices. Mm. Like when you as a minister, I'm just saying this, like you as a person out there have the opportunity just to share your story. Not to have all the answers, not to necessarily be an apologetics guru and, and have all the answers for the church. But if you just share your story. That, hey, I was blind and now I can see. I encountered Christ. This is what happened in my life. And you help yes. someone else turn back. The Bible says that all of heaven rejoices when you turn a sinner from the error of his way. Mm. And it's like, we got to keep the party going. That's my hope, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Let's keep the party yes. going in heaven yeah. down here on earth. And I think that, I think so when you said when you came back to the church, where was that place of like, ah, oh, is it, I didn't see that vibrancy, that spark, that like passion yeah. to share the faith. It was just this thing that we've inherited and we've received and, we're going and, we, and we practice. But I'm yeah. like, it's too good to keep to ourselves. This is the best kept secret in the mm. world. And that's to our detriment, right? Like that's yes. a sad reality. Yes. It shouldn't be the best kept secret, right? I know. And we, we kind of, we can lose ourselves just like right. in marriage. Right. Lose ourselves and all the things that come from that best kept secret. Yeah. Uh, some more of that stuff that, that can be, uh, you know, a blessing and a curse. If we forget the why. If we forget the why, then, then we... Then it becomes the well, I curse is yep. too strong of a, a word, but um, how about the, the the rhythm of Catholic prayer? Mm. I mean, the experience <clears throat> of prayer looks different, feels different uh, yeah. when you're a, a devout Catholic and doing all the Catholic stuff. So different versus when you're a Protestant, <laughs> right? So what what are the uh, yeah? What's the so you have to remember the when, I, when I first came back into the church about six months later, I joined Focus, okay. the Fellowship of Catholic University Students. Yep. It's like a, a mission Which, organization. And if you're familiar with Focus, it's, yeah. a, it's a college outreach to college students around the, around the country, um, kind of like Campus Crusade, but including the church mm-hmm. aspect of that. You know, it's a full gospel. But the, the lifestyle of a, of a Focus missionary and, and the training was just, it felt like constant prayer to the point where I was like, are we ever going to actually do anything <laughs> or plan wow. anything? Wow. Because we're just like going from... From rosary to mass to, holy hour, to angelus to yeah. holy hour to, yeah. right? And it was just a lot of prayer. And much and it, of it is ritualized, repetitive, repetitive yes. prayer. And I just, I needed that in my, in my Catholic 
experience because mm -hmm. I hadn't ever ever had that before. So I needed that foundation. And I'm so grateful mm -hmm. that I did have that foundation to understand adoration and learn some Latin and tangent ergo and, and all of these things. Um, I didn't. I had never heard those those prayers before, and yeah. so it kind of connected me with the history of the church so what, too. What? Why did you need that? What's the What's the upside to that stuff? And what was the What's the yeah. pitfall in all that? Sure. The upside is that again, you get to be connected to the church that's been been around since the time of Christ, yeah. right? I mean, Latin is the universal language of the church, and a lot of people have commented since our first interviews of like, "You're almost, you're almost there, man." The Latin Mass is the way, and I've never been to Latin Mass in my entire life, but I, I'm, I'm open to going to Latin Mass. It sounds great. Um, I'm sorry, I'm shaking my head, dude. Like, but if you like Latin Mass, please go. Don't sure. tell people it is the way. Right, because you're missing the heart of the. This is another thing we get into. Sure, yeah, yeah. That people uh, lose the heart of it all, mm. and the externals that come from the heart, the, sure. the specific expressions to say that's the everything. No, no, that's the everything. Yeah, you want, everything. you want to know the mass of the ages? It's every mass you've ever been to where Jesus Christ is on the altar. That's the mass of the ages. That's mm. the mass. It's the crucifixion, death, Am and resurrection. Am I striking a here, buddy? <laughs> Sorry, brother. Yeah, you are. Yes, I'm striking a chord. crazy. No, I'm kidding. But I think I think but for that, you me, you got that comment. It's like, how do you receive that as a convert right. too? But yeah. I, I don't want to. No, no, you. no. But it, I think I think the beauty of it though is again that you're entering into something bigger than yourself. Yeah. And from what I've heard in, in the Latin Mass, when the priest is facing the altar. Yeah. It's even more so of saying it's not about us. Mm -hmm. It's not about me. It's about him. Yeah. It's yeah. all about him, you know? And so um, there's a great freedom in that. And there's a great there's a great connection. Like for me, I'm just someone who really longs for and craves meaning, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so meaning for my existence, meaning for what, what I do every day, right? That's why I run a marketing agency that just serves pretty much Catholic apostolates doing outreach. Yeah. You know, I need to, I need my time to be spent in meaningful ways. And so and so um Prayer was just was just the way. I think that can be a very common learning curve for for a new Catholic is the ma learning understanding the mass as a prayer. Yeah. Right. Which I never knew that growing up. And How this is it is a not prayer? just going through the motions. There is the right. personal aspect you bring to it. <clears throat> yes. Uh, but but communally, right? We're doing that yeah. as a body. Yeah. We're, we're breathing in and out together as a body yeah. through the mass and through these through the rosary through these other prayers. So. I think one of the, again, the blessing and curse thing here, right? The, yeah. the blessing is like, even when I don't feel like it, I, I sit down, I buckle up, and the roller coaster's on, on man. Like, you know, like yeah. I, I'm getting absolved of sin. I'm receiving God yeah. in the Eucharist, even if I'm not really mentally present. The drawback of that is we can forget the, the personal side. Mm, yeah. And that is something that, like outside of the call to the priesthood or religious yeah, life, yeah. Um, I have found that there's like less of an emphasis on a person's personal relationship with Jesus. With Jesus, yeah, yeah. Which, as an again, a new if you go from being a new, to a new Catholic, that can be scary, you know, because you're just trying to kind of get to the root of a person's faith. Is this a personal encounter? Have you had that encounter? Yeah. So what what do you perceive it as in the Catholic understanding? Well, what, I think what overrides I th the emphasis on personal relationship. This is an interesting and probably don't have time for it, but like if you look through the Old Testament, I'm a lover of the Old Testament. Yeah. So if you look at salvation, right, in the Old Testament, you get to like the ark and people are saved in community. I think there were eight persons in all in the ark. You get to uh, before before the, the Red Sea was the Passover, right? Mm -hmm. And so the angel of death passes over whoever was in that community of faith where there was the, the blood on the doorpost and the lentil of that mm -hmm. place. 
Just so let me in. Salvation by community. Just let me in. Right? Yeah. And it's and if you found, and those are all prefigurements of, you know, remember what I forget it was St. Augustine who said that which is which is uh, concealed in the Old Testament is revealed in the New. Mm. And so we see those prefigurements lived out in, in the church. Mm. And so it's salvation by community. And I believe that. Mm. So so the upside is this, like I said last time, it's we, it's more like the family of God. Yeah. It's not me and God. It's we and God. Yeah. All of us. And so, and so, um, that's the upside. Again, where 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 it kind of gets a little tricky, is is the lack of like personal encounter. Right. Like, have, how how are you doing with the Lord? Yes. Like that's a very that, that, I think that ought to be a very Catholic question, but it doesn't seem like right. it. It's not really our language to be like, no, how's your, how's your rela- personal relationship You can say that and someone might Christ say, you going. sound like an evangelical. Like, I'll, I'll, right. I'll lead people through a prayer where they're receiving Jesus into their lives. They're making a decision. Yeah. I want you as my Savior and Lord. And people sometimes say, that sounds Protestant, and I, to yeah. which I would say, you don't know what Catholics are supposed to sound like that. That, that is really, I think the heart of it is Catholic. Yeah. Just like Scripture. You yeah. know, like, like when I first came back, people would kind of lovingly jab me by saying, you sound so evangelical when you're quoting Scripture. You sound so Protestant. Yeah, and I was like, if that sounds Protestant, I don't know if I want to be Catholic. <laughs> no, you know, like, yeah. like yeah. you know, Saint Jerome said, ignorance of Scripture is ignorance of Christ. Mm-hmm. And maybe more importantly, Romans ten seventeen, I believe it is, says, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Mm-hmm. So, faith comes. That gift comes through the proclamation of the gospel, mm-hmm. through the charisma, through yes. getting the message out about the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus and the good news. And so we have to keep back. We're keeping coming back to the yeah. same point. We've got to keep beating that drum. Keep That's our back to why. The heart of it all. That's the heart of it come all. Come back to the why. That pumps the in, That pumps the blood through the system. Yeah. Right. The heart of it all is that you're in love. Yeah. And, and that if, if there's this community of believers, it's so that that can be the place for you to fall in love with the Lord. If you fall in love with the Lord, it brings you into the community of believers. Mm-hmm. And and then when we when we take out one, and we when we make those two things separate from each other, it's like well, just yeah. just come in. And you're never going to hear a call to make a personal decision for Jesus. Right. Like we're missing something yeah. here. Yeah, like I think it ought to be enforced as maybe a strong yeah, word, yeah. but just like we're going through the Eucharistic revival in the church right now, yeah. and we had the what did we have last year at this time? Um, but you know, my point is is that we ought to have I think at least certain times of the year where it's just it just becomes commonplace. Mm-hmm that we're going to evangelize yeah. for, for all of those who haven't been or have been coming for years and just haven't made the connection yet, you know, the yes. head and heart connection. Yeah, we, to be intentional about yeah. that love story. Yeah. Um, I want to circle back a second to, that, to, that, to the Latin mass thing, mm-hmm. right? And, and i got to clarify, if that works for you, dude, go. It's, I, I think it's beautiful. I've been, yeah. I've been to well over 100 times okay. I've been to the Latin mass, and okay. I, I think it's a beautiful way to pray. Um, and if it if it works, you go. But it's it's that crossing that line and losing the heart of it, and getting so lost in things that are not directly from God and unchangeable. They're not. Mm-hmm. Um, that you then say, if you're not doing it this way, you're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. You know. And I, and, I, and it's not just Latin Mass, but I, I think people get get caught up in a lot of Catholic stuff where they say uh, this particular movement is the way. Focus is the thing. Right. If you're not part of that, you you're out. Right. You know the charismatic movement. This is the way. Right. Traditional mass. That's the thing. 
Hmm. Did you encounter a lot of that after you came into the church? Maybe you thought, well, one holy Catholic apostolic, and and you come in, it's like, whoa, this doesn't look too unified. I think there's there's trends and fads, and I'm not meaning to sound, you know, I hope that doesn't come off the wrong way, but, you know, people get excited about certain things um, in certain seasons, and I I don't know, I just feel like there's liberty, to your point, you know, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, and there is liberty, and St. Paul is really clear about that through Romans, about, hey, if you don't have a piece about eating meat that was sacrificed to an idol that mm. isn't a god anyway, mm. and you have a piece about it, go ahead, dig in. But if you don't, and it's a stumbling block, then refrain. When you remember your why, you can do that with that kind of freedom. It's Yeah, and so it's the same thing. Yeah. Like, like you know, and I, I would love for someone to say, hey, here's why I think you might experience an even deeper fullness or a more intimate communion with the Lord or something in a Latin mass. No one's ever pitched that on me, so I haven't ever been. Yeah. I'd love to go. But again, I think I think it becomes a danger when you start to say this has to be the way you yeah. do it. You know, yeah. Because yeah. again, we have to respect each other's freedom. And yeah, liberty. totally. Uh, so let's say someone's watching right now and they're thinking of becoming a Catholic. Maybe they're a pastor like you were. What should I? I mean, dang, I, I wish we had another hour. I feel like right. we just barely scratched the surface of all this. Isn't it crazy how fast <laughs> that half hour goes? I know it. But what would you say to that person? And don't worry about the time going over a little sure. bit. What would you say to that person? Like, dude, look out for this, but push through it, and here's yeah. why. I would say that you're going to find whatever you're looking for. Like, literally the way our brains work is mm. that is that when you decide what kind of car you want and you've got your heart set on something, you start seeing them everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't because they just automatically started to appear. They, they were always there. You just weren't looking for them before. I was going to move to – I moved to Wisconsin from L.A., I saw Wisconsin plates everywhere. Right, and they were always there. It's just that your brain was now wired to look for it. So you're going to find what you're looking for, what you set your mind to. And so if you're looking for Jesus, if you're looking for goodness, if you're looking for truth and beauty, you'll find it in the Catholic Church. If you're looking for sin and problems, you're going to find a lot of that too. Mm. Um, It's just be careful about what what you've set your mind on and what are you looking for. Mm. And so I would just say, come as you are. It's the real you. You don't have to change. We're one, but we're not the same, to quote Bono. (laughs) <laughs> right? We're one, but we're not the same. Yeah. And, and unity doesn't mean uniformity, right? Mm-hmm. As expressed through all the different religious orders and the different spiritualities and streams of spirituality in the Catholic Church. So be yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, be you. It's, it's the real you. And I think that becoming, finding that fullness of truth will just make you more of who you were created to be. Pretty so, cool. yeah. And, and when, you're, when, you really love, when you really love the bride of Christ that is the church, it, it, it enables you to take the blinders off yeah. and say, here's the ways that we can improve the, the effectiveness mm. of the mission that the Lord entrusted to us and, and do what you did, frankly. And I want to thank you for your example because you've really leaned in and you brought that evangelistic spirit where you invite people to bring Jesus, you know, yeah. make Jesus Lord of their lives. And you also really lean into adding, bringing community into the church. Can I do one follow-up on that? Focus. Yeah. So... After our interview, I got called by a parish in Hawaii yeah. who saw who saw the interview and said, would you come out to Hawaii and do a four-night parish mission? So I went, and I pitched the midweek service idea. Yeah. And so now they're starting to do the midweek service. And That's my hope awesome, is that, because there's only three three uh, parishes on this side of the island, and my hope is that each parish can do one uh, per quarter. Oh, it's so so not, cool. too, not too draining. But And then at my parish here locally, I'm, I'm, I'm pitching it here at St. Thomas More to see if we can actually do a midweek service once, once a month. Oh, that's so just cool, Just to bring, because it's not sac- sacramental, and no. it's just a place to come and do what we're talking about with welcome and everyone. Focus on the gospel together. and community and the that's stuff right. that people sometimes think they have to leave the church for. Right. You don't actually have to leave it. You can see what's lacking and start yeah. it. 
Right. You know, and, and I'd say this too. Like, I know we have a lot. I have a lot of dear friends who are evangelicals and who, mm. who might be watching this. Um, there's way more that unites us than that which divides us. And yet what divides us, some people would say, well, it's therefore not important. No, the words of Jesus are all important, every single one of them. Yeah. Uh, so it's important. It's worth looking at. Uh, and I would say, even though it's messy in the Catholic Church, if you ever feel the Lord calling you, even if it's a scary step, just do whatever he tells you. And that's what all the spiritual journey is about. You know? And if someone feels drawn to the beauty of Catholicism, follow Jesus. And, and forget everything else. Just follow him. Do whatever he tells you. Brothers and sisters, I love you. Thanks for being with us. Dude, thank you hey, for sharing. I gotta have you back. I just, I just, there's, <laughs> I gotta, there's so much more we gotta <laughs> talk about here. We'll see you next time. Man, wasn't that great? Listen, if you don't wanna be happy, be sure not to subscribe. But if you want a more joyful life, the kind of life that God created you for, the kind of life Jesus promised when he said, I came to give you life to the full, then make sure you hit subscribe and share this channel with everybody you know.